Welcome to DC On Screen episode 393. This is your weekly DC TV news episode. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Apparently, I can't remember my name. Uh, you, you'll um, get there. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, I just want to, as a reminder, I didn't do it in the last episode, but I'm going to do it here. If you want to leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. And um, we've we've had some fun. We'll you know we'll post um, voicemails in the episodes and respond to them, and it'll be uh, it'll be all happiness for everyone. Absolutely. But and uh, yay, yay. man, we've got season finales happening nowish. We do. So um, plenty of fodder to come and talk to us about. Yeah, absolutely. We have exactly one more week of um, reviews left. Yeah. As far as uh, most of these shows are concerned, I think we'll have Gotham and Lucifer for a few more episodes. No, uh, as weeks. far as I know, we've got um, Lucifer, Gotham, Supergirl, uh, Flash, and Arrow. Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow are all season finales this week, in case anyone was behind. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to have Lucifer and Gotham next week. And it's going to be Lucifer's, is, Lucifer's season finale. Yeah. And Gotham's. Which is going to be like eating a cookie. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, compared to compared to the five shows versus the two, whatever. And um, yeah. the following week, we're going to have Gotham's season finale as a two-part, two-hour finale. So mm-hmm. I, we, we've only got a couple more weeks. Uh, plenty of time left to talk to us. And uh, Well, I thought I saw like a, um, a, a thing on Gotham that says, only three episodes left before the two-week. Uh, for the two-hour season finale, so... Yeah, the math's a little wrong on that. Well, at three, mm-hmm. including, like, now. I mean, we record <laughs> these on Monday night, so... Three, yeah. including a little over three hours ago by our time. All right, all right. But, um... Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna be hitting it, and, um... Oh, an interesting thing, interesting side note, just in case anyone is listening but wanted to watch and just needs to catch up or whatever um remember the cw has a deal with netflix eight days after the season finale they will have the series uh, that season mm-hmm. ready to go so uh give it give it a little space but by the end of next week at this rate um by the end of june uh, or by the beginning of mm-hmm. june basically you'll you'll have access to all of the current series yeah i'm already excited because riverdale's already on Netflix now. Yeah, yeah, it, it had its season finale last week. Yeah, I'm excited about that because I I want to watch that and I haven't gotten a chance to. Um, so anyway, uh, moving into Gotham news, there's some uh, Gotham episode 320 spoilers. Fox released a few spoilers about next Monday's episode. The name is uh, Pretty Hate Machine. Looks like Selena's back in action. Fish Mooney returns. And uh, some major villains will be teaming up. Alfred is going to notice that Bruce is a bit off. And Lee is going to try to stop the virus with a plan of her own. And uh, they're also teasing some Batman next season. Um, Apparently, um, Fox is teasing that Gotham Season 4 begins Bruce's transformation into Batman. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I thought we were already doing that. But yes, please. Sure. the, The fact that they're pointing that out... Uh, makes me think it's going to be a little more obvious, which sounds yeah, pretty so. good too. Like that, that'd be a cool turn. Also, I don't know if "pretty hate machine" is a term that was used before Nine Inch Nails, 
If what is a term? Yeah, pretty hate machine. It's like uh, one of the oh, um, one of the first Nine Inch Nail releases, and um, okay, I don't know if it was actually a term that existed before that, but ah, oh, love seeing it. Yeah, thanks, Trent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some fun, uh, two-hour finale details. Apparently, the title is going to be um, "Destiny Calling" and "Heavy Dirty Soul." The synopsis tells that Rachel Ghoul will make his Gotham debut during the two-hour season finale, and it will air during June fifth. So there's that. This may be a theme though. Uh, like Heavy Dirty Soul is uh, it's the latest Twenty One Pilots single, which hasn't done as well as the previous, and it's well, it's uh, it? it's track one on on Blurry Face. Mm, gotcha. I like Twenty One Pilots. They're a good band. They are a good band. They're fun. Yeah. Interesting. They have a lot of fun. That's actually Got a little, engaging enough as it is sometimes. Fun, but they have a little gravitas to them as yeah. well. Anyway, so over to Lucifer. Um, <laughs> um, do we have anything for Lucifer? I, n- you have listed Lucifer and then CW Upfronts. Oh, no, no. Sorry, uh, there was nothing for Lucifer. <laughs> oh, there's nothing for Lucifer. I, I put it down as a matter of habit, but uh, Lucifer was just off, <laughs> off the uh, off the radar. There, was, there were a couple of like gotcha. spoiler things out there, but eh, who the hell cares? You'll you'll see it yeah. in a couple weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, CW President Mark Padowitz recently confirmed that Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, and Supergirl will be teaming up again in another four-part crossover series. However, he clarified that there are currently no plans to include Black Lightning in the crossover. Also, the order will be a different. One from last year's Invasion Story, since the Invasion Story resulted in the CW's highest week of ratings in six years. Woo! They are likely to they are likely to air them back to back again, which means this year will be Supergirl, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, then Arrow. Last year, Legends was on Thursdays for the front half of its season, before moving to Tuesdays to follow The Flash. And the other big news here is that Arrow is going to be moving to Thursday nights. I'm actually pissed off about this. It's going to be on the same night as the Gotham. It's moving it later in the week, I know. so it's harder for me to keep yeah. up. Yeah, now my Friday night's screwed um, now. That that really is what it amounts to point. for me. Is like my Friday night is yeah. is is watching this stuff. Yeah, uh, making it the stopping point of the story this I, fall. Let me Meadow clarify though. I do love watching this stuff, but you know it's Friday know. night. Like you want to have other options. And previously, I could, like, take care of my shit before it. Well, I work Friday night, so I don't really have that option. Yeah. But, like, when I get home, it's going to be, like, late Friday night. Uh, it's yeah. Just, it's a pain in my ass. No, it's the, a pain the, in my the, ass. Between that and Gotham, it's, it's, <laughs> it is. It, it's a pain in the ass. Like, I liked everything being front-loaded for us personally yes. and all of our stupid bitching. So, anyone who gives yeah. a shit, that's what we're bitching about. Pedowitz also said the event will be slated for November this time around. Sweeps. So there's that. Uh, Supergirl, over to there. Uh, Supergirl there. Uh, Lena Luthor is uh, bumped up to Season 3 Series Regular. I'm pretty happy about that. I like Katie McGrath. Um, now, they also did, there was a comicbook.com did a uh, five questions for Melissa Benoist. They said, it's been a while since you wrapped production. Are you still excited to see how fan reaction to the finale comes through this week? She says, I am. I think it's a huge finale, and there's a lot going on. I think people will go on an emotional roller coaster with Kara, so I'm sorry to all the fans in advance. You know, I, 
would really be happy if we could just go ahead and put a moratorium on the phrase emotional roller coaster. I I don't know what you'd replace it with. I don't know, but I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mer- it's Dean a Kane. mercurial bus ride. <laughs> with Dean Kane, Terry Hatcher, Monell, and everything that was thrown in the season, how do you think the show ups the ante in season three? Melissa says, every time I get a script, I'm like, there's no way we can possibly top what we just did. And then I read the new script, and I'm like, how are we going to do this? And then we do. So I think we'll just continue getting bigger and bigger. The scope of this world is so massive that we can't go back. I, You know, I'm glad she has no imagination. <laughs> Which is, I feel like, what she's saying there. No, I... I... I'd like to rephrase. I, I'd like to rephrase to. that as like she's continually excited, which is good though. I mean, like you, yeah, you you want the writers to be constantly pressing the boundaries and the actors and actresses to always be going, oh, this is fantastic. Well, okay, at this point, like like there's there's a uh, there's a documentary out there called Showrunners, mm-hmm. where they say like you know for season one showrunners the boss, season two the actors the boss, you know, yeah. Um, you look back at old, like the old Star Trek. Like there was, there were bits where, like around season two and three, like Leonard Nimoy was looking at scripts and going, "Spock wouldn't do this." Mm-hmm. I was having stuff changed. I think that's important. I think maybe Melissa Benoist hasn't noticed that, like Supergirl wouldn't do some of the my, stuff that we've seen her do this year. My character's awful. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know. I want the show to be good, but you know, she's been kind of a tool, and. uh you know, spoiled princes, that term comes to mind. Uh, so, it's been know. a problem, a bit of a problem this year. I agree. Uh, so they asked, what was it like having Calista Flockhart back for the finale? Melissa says, I missed her so much. I missed her so much, and having her back felt really good. She elevates the show in a way no one else can. Kind of disagree. We've had, a, you know, like, the problems for the show wasn't because she wasn't there. And when she came back, they kind of did overdid her too much, I think. But hey, that's me. Yeah, I've got a different taste for it. Like the show, first half of the season was getting better in spite of her absence. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where it, it wasn't in spite of her absence. The show was just growing, and they were the yeah. characters were evolving into something different and new and good and dynamic. I would agree with that. Yeah. Sure. And then second half of the season, everything got weird. Yeah, where it's like, we need Kara to be, like, emotionally stunted it, and a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> it, and just way too cocky for it to make sense. And um, I don't think that had anything to do with the fact that Cat uh, Grant came back. Like, uh, I I liked her return. It was uh, triumphant in a way. Like, her, mm-hmm. her monologues were right where I expected them to be as far as quality. Yeah. Really, I was uh, really so, happy to see her again. I'm really looking forward to her. Uh, well, I say this week as though, I mean, we're recording this at 11.30 our time. Um, so Yeah, so the finale's already That's already aired. aired. Yeah. That's what we'll be doing tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So, um, by the way, in the interest of uh, listener feedback, I got to thank you from from Scott over at the Suicide Squadcast. He's, like, from my refreshing, he called it refreshing views on Cat Grant this last episode because he apparently disliked her the entire time. <laughs> really? 
<laughs> yeah. And I was like, why? And he's like, for all the reasons you stated. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't fault you for that, for agreeing with me. I mean, I liked her up until this episode. I don't know what to say. But yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. Whatever. I don't know. She I was. Mean, I think it's. I, th- I thought she, as a character, was refreshing for the most part, but. Yeah, she kind of carried this the first season, and now it's just sort of weird to me. But like, because it's like, it's sort of like to me, it feels like, you know, she kind of carried the first season with her sass and her humor, and then like, kind, she was sort of a a lantern, a hanging lantern unto herself, for the entire show. I could see that. But now, but now in season two, like her coming back here, she's just sort of like, I don't know. A glaring mallet that's about to break the fourth wall. <laughs> well, I, I, the show has problems that are at this point unrelated to the fact that Cat Grant in season one was this like high bar of feminism. Well, the the show has problems right now at this point beyond Cat Grant. Period. Anything. Yeah, that's that's my point. Is like the show itself has problems, and it has nothing to do with the fact that Cat Grant is or isn't there. I, like she, the show is. It's taken some weird turns, and it's it's gotten into a weird corner. But it has nothing to do with the fact that, like, in season one, Cat Grant was, um, I, I, I thought, a, a pretty powerful embodiment of, of feminism. I thought she was a, a really great representative. And coming back, I thought she did a pretty good job of, of reprising that role. But in season one, well, it made know. more sense, and they integrated it into the story. And in season two right now, they're, they're not... It doesn't matter. Well, like, season two is just she's kind of come back as sort of an a borderline hateful, non-contextualized embodiment of f- feminism. That's yeah, that may be the point. Is it's not it's not embedded into the story anymore. It kind of felt like the show had evolved. I mean, like when we were talking about season one, and we're looking at season one, and we're saying like you know every other line was some comment about why because i'm a girl blah 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 the show has moved on from that. well we didn't so want it to be like to bring, a problem with the se- like the early part that. of season one was it was a little bit of reactionary girl power and that's mm-hmm. that's not where it should be by the end of season one it was honest to god feminism which mm-hmm. I, which worked it 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 made sense it was philosophy <laughs> like it, it philosophically it made sense it was it was on point it, and yeah. then I mean, despite feeling ham-fisted at times, it still worked. Yeah, even like and everything gets a little ham-fisted at times. We're talking about CW here, sure. man. But it, but and I hate that. Why can't CW make a show? I like instead of an after-school special. I know, I, I know. I, it's one of the things that we deal with with a lot of the shows that we cover being on the CW. It's just like a, it's a thing we have to deal with. But they moved from being. Um, I, I I didn't think it was so much a philosophy class as it was just a, a nuanced idea that was well formed. And mm-hmm. by the end of season two, they kind of had that under control. And then they were, and we were worried about different issues at that point. Like the end of season two, like the finale, our our biggest concern was like hope. Jesus, man, come on, um, that can't change the world. <laughs> like we we were worried about the show, but we like we we completely accepted her as a as an incredible female character. But that wasn't was it that that's not what it was about anymore. Like we we were more concerned with like oh that was kind of a weak turning point. Hope like that yeah. was our big criticism of the finale. Right. Um, 
Let's Damn, hop. headphones fell right off my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually fitting. Um, yeah, let's, but, you know, let's hop on the airwaves and, and reconfigure no, some analog I mean, technology and talk about hope. But then yeah, we but got in, know, like, got in, getting into season uh, uh, two, first half, it was still, uh-huh. this was the character they'd created. And it was, it, like, it, it was still carrying on the spirit of Cat Grant in a way. And she was. She was a strong female character. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, it still carried on her spirit. But then, like, for reasons that we, we, we can't... I, I don't I don't have any explanation. For reasons that I don't understand, uh, Kara changed. And mm-hmm. became less the symbol of hope that we had we had been waiting for and and like and had been watching happen this entire time. It was just a weird change. And then now Cat Grant comes back and she's the symbol of hope. And that makes sense to me in a bottle, but Kara still doesn't like it's, it's been a weird turn watching this. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm I'm extremely, extremely pro feminism, but that doesn't make, Everything that's happened in this show makes sense. Well, here's the thing, though. You know, I, I'm sure I will be labeled some misogynist pig, but let's be honest here. You know, I grew up. Uh, I watched Harry the Spy. <laughs> I grew up watching The Secret World of Alex Mack. I grew up. Wa- I mean, in, I, yeah, I, I watched Buffy watch the Vamp- I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is old hat. I watched Dollhouse. Screw you and your notions of feminism. Like, this isn't new ground. Stop <laughs> acting like it is. I don't need Cant Grant to come in and make jokes about measuring dicks. I've been watching strong women on television for years. Some of these writers on Supergirl need to get over the fact that, you know, this is this is old hat now. We're used to female superheroes, and some of the bean counters need to get over that, too. Women are here. They're, they're heroes. They have been heroes. It's been proven that they can sustain as be, they're sustainable as heroes in fiction. I mean, you know, for heaven's sake, I, I read Nancy Drew growing up. <laughs> what are we to do with this? Like, why are we acting like this is such a new thing? Supergirl isn't new. Oh, it's not Supergirl's a new thing. Supergirl's been around forever. But, um... And, you know, even these people who are going out and being like, oh, Wonder Woman's going to be the first female superhero. No. Supergirl was a, it was a bad movie, but it was there. Elektra was a bad movie, but it was there. <laughs> God help them, they both existed. <laughs> no, it, and it's it's not though a matter of like uh, I'm not, I'm not the saying it was as prevalent as male superheroes by any stretch. But no, it, but still. the the problem socially is it's not a, a a matter of like the first time something happened, now it's it, it accepted. Things have to go through literally decades, generations. Yeah. The uh, minimum of two and uh, hopefully a maximum of four generations of having consistent examples, uh, archetypes, role models, whatever phrase you want to throw at it to to relate to, to 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 see and, and think, oh, that that's how the world works. Well, sure. I mean, shit, man. We can't even decide what a real man is in the society. I mean, what are you? <laughs> we, we, we've. I mean, what's gonna happen? Here? Yeah, we we've been adjusting as a uh, as a gender for for decades, and we're not done yet. We're we're really not even close. No, I, no. we don't know what to do with ourselves. I mean, we're uh, we're part of a generation we exactly, where like we we've probably we got exactly some of this right, but we, we 
<laughs> yeah, statistically, we're going to have some of this wrong because things are going to change. It, yeah. And it doesn't matter how progressive you think you are. You're, you're, you're probably a little bit behind some curve somewhere. It, 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 it just doesn't matter. Like, you, as, as, a, as a society, we all, we all move forward. Yeah. And there's always, like, a, a, a piece of us that no matter how, how much you want to move forward, you're always going to be a little bit behind here and there. And it's going to be up to, like, the next generation to point out, oh, that's where you fucked up. That's what we do. That's the reason we, we call it, like, progressivism. It's because it's supposed to be about moving forward. Importantly, we all have a long way to go before we are all, you know, gray, genitalless creatures plugging our crotches into USB drives. So we just have to figure it out until then. And we all look forward to that day. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm glad you do. But it's going to take some time. I guess that's why you're the true progressive here. You look forward <laughs> to the day where you have no identity and plug your crotch into a USB drive. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it, though. I'd look over and go like, yep, gray, shaped like me, USB in the crotch. Try saying something now, assholes. Yeah, I got nothing to judge here. <laughs> Moving on with my day. <laughs> and Supergirl will still be on trying yeah. to say something. But no, I feel no, like... No, I mean, you know, like, by that point, like, that that's kind of the point of what I was going here. It is, um, Supergirl, I, is, I, it's a very progressive show as, as uh, and I, I don't... It tries to be. I don't mean to a, give it, like, an affective nature there. I mean, it it tries to be a progressive show and I actually agree with a lot of what's what it's got going on. And that's just me personally. And if anyone wants to attack me personally, you feel free. I, uh, we'll have a talk. It's fine. But I, as far as the, the, the feminist nature of it and, and cat grant, like, I mean, I, I just, eh, I mean, well, with that is, a, grant, that is a strong this... female character. That's actually like standing on her own two feet. And that's where that, that's yes. how they're portraying her. And, and they've done a good job with her. And she, she makes a lot of sense. And I mean, damn, like I, until she becomes a parody of herself, which is what I feel happened in the last episode. And I feel like what was abundantly evident here in this last episode was the show has outgrown her. No, I don't think so. I really don't because left to her own devices, Kara became, uh, narcissistic. <laughs> you know, you make a good point. That's, that's true. <laughs> Really, like that, like she needed somebody like Cat Grant to keep her in check a little bit. But all all Cat Grant did with this last episode was go, "No, you're right. You're right to be a total douche. Do whatever you want. Screw the DEO, because it's so cool when you fly away." <laughs> that wasn't it. No, Kara <laughs> left her own devices. Became, um, oh, I mean. I don't know how to put this exactly, but like she did became she she became so self involved that um, she became a sociopath is what she became <laughs> a little bit yeah, <laughs> but morally uh, she became uh, syllogistic is really what it is like uh, it it was right because she thought it was right and therefore it was right like that's that's <laughs> that's not a good way to go about doing things no. And she hadn't, I don't think she had anybody in her life that could really keep her in check. And I, I appreciate that, uh, Cat Grant's around. I, and I wish they were doing more 
I, I wish they were covering that angle more, where, like, Cat Grant comes in and, and sees Supergirl and, and says, like, what did you do? Oh, honey. Oh, no. You can't do that. But they're not going to do that. Like, humbles her a little bit. Cat Grant is like, oh, what is right is right. You got to go do, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that show was, you know, perfectly shown in the last episode. She's just, do whatever you want. That's what's right. Yeah, I know. Because you're Supergirl. Ech. Ech. <laughs> now, okay. And I, the, the thing back. is, I would totally dig that if I actually had been, I don't know, in agreement with Supergirl morally the last few episodes, but I, sure. I just haven't. Yeah. Now, uh, moving on, but moving back to the uh, to the interview, they said if as oh, many yeah. fans are predicting, if as many fans are predicting, Monel has to leave the series at the end of the finale. Do you think that would mess Kara up so much that she couldn't date again right away? Which is. I, you know, honestly, I feel like it's a dumb question, but whatever. Um, I thought it was leading said, enough that she might slip up and give her something. She says, I can't say, because I don't know what's coming next season in terms of her relationships, but I do think that this, what she has with Monel, is different than anything she's ever had in the past. Look, I don't care if they're together or apart. If they throw, if they kick Monel off of this show, it's going to be one of the biggest mistakes this show has ever made. That guy found a that, place, man. That dude is the life force of the show for me. He's funny. He's heart. He's he's Cisco he's got it. for Supergirl. In a lot of ways, yeah, he is Cisco for Supergirl. As much as Wynn tries to be, I think Monel's no. Oh, Wynn in season one really was, but right now Monel's carrying the torch. Yeah, and Wynn sort of has his own thing going on. This he season, does. So. And, and, like, he's trying to branch out and become his own like uh, half superhero, and that's great for him um by the way all all our, all my complaints about cat grant this last couple episodes are my complaints about Kara and her weirdness i still like the show i just haven't been in love with what they've done yeah they just they've just made to, a they've yeah. made a few choices that i'm not on board with i kind of feel like i have to throw that qualifier out there because i feel like people are gonna be like they're not real fans I, no, I, we are. I really do like the show i i just like i'm looking forward to the finale i mean it's couple hours from now it'll be available for me tomorrow i'm gonna come home tomorrow and immediately watch it and be very happy mm-hmm. uh to to sit down and watch it but um it oh it I just there have been a few decisions they made her make this year that were not mm-hmm. they weren't progressive for her like, like they, they didn't grow her character yeah it's one of the problems we have with arrow every now and then it was like it, they mm-hmm. have him make you know, four steps forward and six steps back. Yeah. All right. Uh, jumping over to the Flash. Kind of a sad note, I guess. I, I don't I don't know what to do with this. Aaron Helbing is stepping away from the Flash. Now, Aaron and Todd Helbing have been with the Flash since the beginning and have done much of the press relations for season two and three, but Aaron Helbing will not return to the show in season four. No word yet on why, but, um, you know, I think it's been a pretty fantastic show. Uh, not as good in season three, is in my own opinion, but uh, you know I look, I always look forward to watching The Flash more than any other show, in all honesty, because it's just it's it's fun. They've got multiverse, it's got the heart, it's got the humor, yeah, uh, the sci-fi elements that I enjoy greatly. And um, the I'm exception has been like the last six weeks with Arrow. Yeah, but Aaron Helbing not returning makes me sad. I, way, it's I've hard to know. It, uh, they were they were apparently co showrunners, so it's hard to know, you know, what we might have the expectation of missing. 
And we have we have no idea why he's gone. I mean, we really don't. Uh, there's, I mean, it could be personal issues. It could be professional. Like, it, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if there's a Max Mercury show that's suddenly announced that Aaron Helbing's in front of, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this could be exciting in theory, but um, there's no reason to think it's bad outright. So, uh, spoiler for last week's episode real quick. Um, someone pointed out, people have been pointing out online, you know, um, when the Argus facility, there's that room that dampens powers. They were like, that's where they should have put Iris. <laughs> and I kind of went, oh, damn. Yeah, you're right. Probably wouldn't have worked with the suit, though. The suit's not powers, it's a suit. What, the Savitar suit? Yeah. Oh, Barry's still using his powers. He's still using his powers, but the suit's doing the rest of the work. Yeah. But... Apparently at a great effect. I'm betting he still could have beaten anybody else. Plus, uh, none of the Metas on Team Flash could have gotten in there to help out at that point. Mm-hmm. It would have been Joe and a pistol versus that suit, which is apparently uber-capable. What I was thinking instead was, you know, why did they go to Earth 2? Why not choose a random Earth, like a random safe Earth? That way we could have had a little bit of fun. And we could have been like, I mean, who would have, you know, like, I would think Savitar would be like, oh, they go to Earth 2. Nah, you go to Earth, like, 27. One that you've never even been to before. Keep it from Barry. One that Barry wouldn't even think about. And then, um, yeah, just, and you know, you know throw what, in something weird and random. You know what would have been fun? And they don't have the budget to, well, they don't have the the character play to do this. They they can't possibly make it work. But Earth three, if Savitar had gone to Earth three, you would have had the crime syndicate versions of the Trinity, mm-hmm. who would have seen him and immediately thought, "Oh no, we got to take that bastard down." Oh no! Don't don't do anything like that. I just mean like go to like Earth twenty seven or whatever, and you go in there, and it's just like this weird version of Wells. Just like another weird version of Wells. You know? He collects beetles. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really know, but just off the top of my head. Uh anyway. Oh, incidentally, um oh. Scott McClellan wrote me in and mentioned uh Oh no, it that that belongs in Arrow. I'll mention that in Arrow. <laughs> okay. Over to Legends. Uh the season three synopsis has been released. Um in revisiting a moment in time that had already that they had already participated in, they have essentially fractured the timeline and creating and created anachronisms, a scattering of people, animals, and objects all across time. Our team must find a way to return all the anachronisms to their original timelines before the time stream falls apart. But before our legends can jump back into action, Rip Hunter and his newly established Time Bureau call their methods into question. With the Time Bureau effectively the new sheriffs in town, the legends disband until Mick Rory discovers one of them in the middle of his well-deserved vacation in Aruba. Seeing this as an opportunity to continue their time-traveling heroics, Sarah wastes no time in getting the legends back together. Once reunited, the legends will challenge the Time Bureau's authority over the timeline and insist that however messy their methods may be, some problems are beyond the Bureau's capabilities. Some problems can only be fixed by legends. This sounds awful. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that this is the Time Bureau. This is something that Rip Hunter should have already. I mean, he's already learned this lesson. Yep. We've already learned the lesson of some problems can be only can only be fixed, you know, with messy methods. We've 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 done all this. 
please end this stupid show. <laughs> Don't put us through this. This no, season just of give, Rip Hunter being a bad different. guy again. Just give me something different. Well, I clearly mean, they can't do it. They don't know how to do it. They're gonna they don't have send Rip Hummer off to to suddenly be instead of the rogue that we kind of liked in season one. He's gonna be the bureaucrat that I'm just guessing at some point decides to start you know letting things slip, covering up for him a little bit on the inside. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean probably, but I'm already bored with it. I just don't care. I just I I'm just not didn't surprised. like. It forcing, I just didn't like forcing Rip to stand against the team he formed to do exactly the thing that he I'm, told I mean, he him takes to do. Off, he takes off to go do his own thing for a minute. Apparently his own thing is creating the Time Masters again. That's stupid. Yeah. Whatever. 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 <sighs> yep. Hero Season 5 has been so good that I should have expected Mark Guggenheim couldn't keep it up. Like, he had to just completely, like, brain fart an entire season of something. Anyway. My anger notwithstanding. I mean, Guggenheim's not solely responsible for Legends. No, he's not. It's Clemmer for the most part. Guggenheim and Clemmer, though, I I don't know. I'm just, dude, this is not a, like, that does not make me excited for a season of Legends of Tomorrow. It just doesn't. You know what made me more excited for Legends of Tomorrow? Just seeing Snart back on Flash last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you built the crap out of this character, and then you killed him. And I, I don't mind that. I, I just, you should have something else up your sleeve. Yeah. But they didn't. They, they spent an entire season making us... Like, I can appreciate building us, a character and then us. killing him off in a spectacular way, which is what happened. Yeah. That was, that was by itself, was great television. But they spent a lot of time letting us not care about characters, though. And yeah. That was an entire, almost an entire season of Legends, the last season of Legends. Yeah. Uh, Mick Rory being, you know, one of the only real exceptions to that, which is just to me, I hold over from last season. Like, no, I, I he's really built that character into something that we, we do genuinely care about. There's, there's a lot of backstory with it. He's probably the most fleshed out character on that ship right now. Hmm. Um. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see next season. That being uh, said, uh, this is just the synopsis. They haven't started filming, so uh, if I can rally the troops in any way, yeah, man, let's, tweet them, let them know, tell them this is a bullshit synopsis, and they need to make some adjustments. And you're not looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they get that stuff all the time, but you know, if they get enough, give them more. They'll rethink it. They can't help it. Maybe. Yeah. Over to Arrow, Stephen Amell teased a major cameo in Season 5. My favorite cameo in the Arrow season finale is not featured in any of the previews. Love this person so much for coming back. Sounds like Tommy. <laughs> Long-time listeners of the show will know I've been talking about Tommy coming back for a long time. I mean, how, okay, look, you've had pretty much everybody. Like, what was what, it going to be, like, Tommy or Moira? Really? What are your Those options? Those do seem like the two most obvious. I, I, I think Moira's, Moira's the more option, uh, uh, obvious one, actually. Because with the um, return of Deathstroke, it seems like yeah, he might have maybe. some sort of... Also, uh, with that, what was it, the Red Death uh, Venom? Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever whatever the hell it was called, the, the flashback mm-hmm. serum. 
that one seems very likely to me. Maybe so. So, uh, speaking of, um, by the way, we did have a, a Flash season four synopsis, but we felt like there were too many damn spoilers in it, so we just ignored it. Yeah, just we're not mentioning it this week. It'll be airing about the time our show is is available. Mm-hmm. We'll just catch so up with Arrow you on the the yeah the Flash week. recap this weekend. Uh, Arrow season six synopsis. A lot of it's just backstory, but here's the part that tells us something new. Oliver has finally solidified and strengthened his crime-fighting team, only to have it threatened when unexpected enemies from his past return to Star City, forcing Oliver to rethink his relationship with each member of his, quote, family. Which, to be fair, that doesn't sound like anything new to me. That kind of just sounds like this season. It, it sounds pretty similar. And the previous season. I mean, and maybe even season two. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds pretty similar. It sounds like Arrow. That's all it sounds like. Yeah, but it it does um, leave open the possibility that they're gonna keep it grounded, which is kind of where the show belongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a sneak peek at uh, Stephen Amell's America Ninja Warrior Run. Um, his upcoming turn at American Ninja Warriors Obstacle Course is available. He's wearing red sneakers in honor of Red Nose Day, which is a yearly fundraising campaign run by Comic Relief, Inc. It just shows the first minute or so of his run. The show will air in its entirety on May 25th on NBC. Uh, so we have a Black Lightning trailer. It looked really good. Uh, yeah, it dropped a few days ago. It's the first trailer for Black Lightning. It gives us the backstory of Jefferson and the 100's ongoing battle and his decision to step away and then come back. And obviously, you get to see him in a suit in action. You know, uh, it it seemed a little hammy to me. It seemed a little hammy. Uh, you know what that was, though? The, no. The little, the little girl's voiceover. Nope, I don't think so. That was the part for me that, that didn't work at all. Like she, I think that was maybe the part that worked for me. But then, like he's like standing there, and then that like sign blows up, and it just kind of like sparks. And I'm like, eh, that wasn't cool. <laughs> no, I, I I liked all the stuff with the sparks. I I like I like the actual yeah. superhero stuff. I just uh, her voice was a little. It wasn't even her voice. Uh, I hate picking on some poor young actress, but like it seemed a little off. Oh, sure, you think it did. Yeah, I always, I always actively feel bad about that, but it just didn't feel like it was good acting. Hmm. And I just feel like a piece of shit for saying it, but I would have done another take. Yeah. Or, uh... <laughs> Randy Smith, or one of our listeners, said to quote... Uh, sorry, the quote, bloody walking hospital bed came to mind at one point while he watched Black Lightning trailer. <laughs> Different Randy, Randy SF45. You know, it might not actually be the say, a different Randy. I don't know. Are you guys the same Randy? <laughs> Over on Twitter, Randy SF45 said, Kidding me, wish we could go back in time, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm assuming he means go back in time to like when Black Lightning was young. And kind of see some of that story. Yeah, like some uh, when he was first fighting the 100s. Because uh, the, yeah. the, the people that he is, uh, he is fighting look like young punks, you know? Mm-hmm. I assume there was another generation of people that he was fighting because this guy's clearly aged a little bit. And that's part yeah. of their story that they're doing is like, there's got to be like, that was my uncle you killed back in the day or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So apparently Black Lightning is adding heroes, while CW President Mark Pedowitz recently said that at this point, Black Lightning will not necessarily be part of the Arrowverse. Starcrest Williams is hopeful about the possibility. He said, I think it would be interesting down the line. Eventually, we're going to have probably three superheroes on our show with me and the daughters. Once we become some kind of team, it would be great to go as a team onto another show. It's going to be fun developing that because with every good thing, there's also there's going to be a lot of wrinkles. Look. They also said, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people like, oh, Black Lightning, they're making a mistake, not making it part of the Arrowverse. They also didn't make Supergirl part of the Arrowverse. It took exactly one season, not even a season, before they brought it in with the multiverse. Uh, I think they just want to establish the thing and make sure that it's uh, viable before they start making plans to bring in other superheroes. Just It's on the CW. I can't... Just, it's not... It's mandatory. I mean, you... you you have got to make sure that yeah. you can play this concept, that you have a, a, I don't know, that you establish the show's personality, mm-hmm. and then you can work it into the rest of your sci-fi universe. And it's not Also, being... in pure terms of scheduling, oh, hell no. Yeah, no. And it's also not filming in Vancouver either. But, you know, that didn't stop Supergirl from doing a Flash crossover in this first season. But you have to show that you're viable. You have to show that you can you can stick with it. Stick with the you know people want to watch this thing. Yeah, and I think that's what they're waiting on. And uh, I have you know if Black Lightning is not a Constantine, and even Constantine got canceled after one season and made it onto Arrow. Yeah. So <laughs> you know I think people wanted to see him. Probably... It was doable. That's the biggest thing is it it was schedulable. Mm-hmm. And I think in two years' time, we'll see a Black Lightning crossover with all these other cats. And uh, I don't think anybody, you know, should be really, truly very worried about it at all. Yeah. I mean, it, people don't realize, though, like, scheduling is a huge part of these people's lives. Like, when mm-hmm. when you look at a, a, a live Facebook on uh, with Stephen Amell, it's like, oh, God, I've just been, like, sleeping in the back room. I don't know what's going on with my life anymore. Mm-hmm. It, like, he's really not fucking around. I mean, no, it's a real thing. That guy's been sleeping three hours a night in the middle of filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that waking up to do like waking up to do makeup, uh, being the last guy off the set, having to come in and, and like check on some other stuff to do some producing things. Maybe even gotten getting behind the camera because he he might want to like be able to expand and do some directing at some point. Is like, like he's seriously he's working like twenty hour days sometimes, and then mm-hmm. and then. Goes a few feet away and tries to get a few hours sleep and comes back. Like it, it, that's not every day. That's a bad version. But like when, I, I mean, I, I know they get paid for what they do, and I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, these poor bastards. I'm just saying, yeah, it's a hard <laughs> job. You get, I think what Jason is trying to say is the only people working harder on these shows than we are are the people making them. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It, it it is physically taxing to do some of the stuff that uh, television people in particular do, and yeah, like when, when, I mean, when it's hard to find scheduling opportunities between four different shows, well, you gotta live with that. Or when you happen to be able to get Matt Ryan on for for two seconds, that's that's a big win. Yeah, like there could have literally just been some play he was supposed to be in. And we would have never had yeah. him in this universe. All right. It's that kind of thing. It's it's a uh, weird weird world. 
Speaking of Weird World, uh, Sci-Fi has confirmed that Krypton will premiere sometime in 2018. Uh, no word yet on ex- exact release schedule. Um, <laughs> we, we, we expressed some... Well, I, I expressed a fair amount of disinterest in it. I second that. And I must, I must have said, I don't know why, because Brent Clark from the DCTV Squadcast wrote to us and said, the reason you have so little interest in Krypton is nobody cares about Superman's grandpa. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it made me laugh. That's fair. <laughs> Over to Injustice 2. It has stepped up his face game. Developer Brendan George says the early reactions to Injustice 2's faces were not what we hoped for, but the passion of our fans helped the entire studio to focus on solving the problems. We determined that we needed to add new lighting features to achieve, uh, to achieve the softer look we were after. Facial animations were adjusted to become less exaggerated, which made them more appealing. All these changes combined with some small model and makeup adjustments gave us the look we were after. Fundamentally, the construction of female faces is similar to male faces. However, since female faces have more subtle forms than male faces, making the smallest changes has a dramatic impact on the final result. We added a a measure of stylization. We made the faces a little more symmetrical and enhanced the features. That was one of the things I had a problem with with the first injustices. Like, all the women looked very weird and manly. They they did. They they looked... um... They all kind of reminded me of, of like China from WWF. Yes, which we're not supposed to say anything about her because she's dead. But oh, is she? Things apparently. Oh, well, I didn't want that. Which, you know, for years, you know, they they said that she should be the person who played Wonder Woman. No, she shouldn't have been. No, no Wonder Woman I is agree. not a muscle woman. She she's not. It's it's not about her muscles. She was literally given God given strength. It's magical strength. Like yeah. she, she's also got beauty and elegance and grace and all these other like little God-given gifts. Like she's, she, I, I, I like the Gal Gadot version. Like it, yep, she's just a normal shaped person with intense abilities. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. But you know, I'm not a big wrestling fan anyway. So I, I watched, Wait. I watched a year or two of it when I was a kid. Cracked me up. I watched like. A couple episodes and laughed my ass off and moved on my day. I I I I caught it about the time that um, the Rock was really hitting hitting it big. Me too. Me too. And yeah. uh, he he was actually entertaining. Yeah, I remember laughing my ass off and going, "He's going to be something one day." And I moved on. <laughs> I mean, he 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 actually is a good entertainer. That's all there is to it. So yes, he is. Uh, so, The Injustice 2 has topped UK charts. The fighting game hasn't topped the UK charts since, uh, well, six years ago, Mortal Kombat X. Gosh, has it been six years since Mortal Kombat X? Uh, never mind. Yep. I don't want to know. But Injustice 2 just dislodged Mario Kart 8 to pull that off. Mario Kart 8? I was excited to hear about that just because I <laughs> kind of wish I had Mario Kart 8 now. All right. Oh, I mean, it doesn't matter how many there's. there are. People are like, Mario Kart in 64 is still the best. Whatever. Oh, screw you, man. I mean, I, I Mario Kart on SN, SNES. Yeah. That yeah. was that was where it was at. You know, I... But that doesn't mean I would shun I mean. another that, version of Mario Kart. Yeah. Like, it, it's a good franchise. That's, Just a good franchise. What are you yeah, going to do? That's what I meant. That's what I meant. And SNES is what I meant. People, oh, uh, yeah. the, the fanboys always say that SNES was the best yeah. one. I, I've got it on I mean, Wii, I, like, uh, 
not even a I Wii, a Wii 64. Mini right now. I've got, I've got like one game on a Wii Mini. And oh, happen to have a I'm Wii sorry. Mini because of some contests that I happen to win. But it, it just, it stupidly enough, it's it's still fun to play. It doesn't matter what no. context you're playing well, cards in. Sure. I'm, I'm sure it's still fun to play with your Mini Wii. I'm just, I'm sorry that your Wii is so mini. I know. It, it, it haunts me every day, <laughs> but as long as it has Mario Kart, I don't. What? I feel no shame. <laughs> that was the literal bat wiener segment. Um, <laughs> still on Injustice 2, comicbook.com has an article describing the details of the alternate power moves that have been found for Joker and Superman. More importantly, it has links to the video if you want to check that out. Um, and the super moves are interactive at this time. Uh, you, YouTuber Inkindu has a video showing off the technique needed to change how effective your super moves are in the game during the move on offense. If you hit heavy attack, just as your character makes contact with your opponent, a little red shield will appear below your bar and it will slightly increase the damage the other player takes. Do the reverse while you're on defense and a little blue shield will confirm that you're mitigating the damage. I eat, uh, and I was telling Chris White about this earlier this week. Video games have become too complicated. I don't want to do all this. I don't. Like, none of that appeals to me. Like, because he was talking about, like, he, he uh, got the Injustice 2 on uh, on his phone. And he was like, oh, we're grinding. We're grinding up points. And, like, we're leveling up. And I'm like, God, oh, that sounds so exhausting. Yep. Like, we're not even playing the game for fun anymore. We're just grinding the shit out of it so we can play other people. And I don't care. No. I don't want to do this. Uh, yeah. I have. <laughs> I really? I, I No. I really don't want to do that. The, the moment the word grinding came into yeah. the word game, as in a thing you do when you're playing. No. Fuck that. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, well, you don't have to do that. And I understand I don't have to do that. But he's like, but I'm like, why are you grinding? He's like, well, I'm grinding for gear. And I'm like, the, whole, the thing I enjoy most about this, the, about playing video games a lot of times is just like putting different costumes on them and playing them in those different costumes. Yeah. Like, I like fucking around. <laughs> and gear. like, as far as grinding goes, I like, you know, making up my own kind of game. Like, oh, can I beat him with without using anything but jump moves, you know, or some yeah. weird crap that you come up with. You're like, like you're, you're both, it's three in the morning. You're both drunk and you're like, all right, all right, all right. See if you can just, see if you can just beat him with just jump moves. That's, mm. that's one thing. That's actually fun for me, yeah. but grinding as in, I'm going to get in here and just like play this one character over and over again and like beat the crap out of this one guy and gain some points so I can go buy a thing out of a store that's full of, crap that i have to identify and then every time i i hit it there's an option for me to to actually spend five or fifty dollars on something that if i just hit it the wrong way because i wasn't paying attention where i was touching my phone i have spent real money now i mm-hmm. just it, i i don't want to do that and i've i i, I have injustice to on my phone right now and one of my problems is that like it's not an articulated enough game I've seen a, a couple of chapters of the first story, mm-hmm. but I, I I can't actually beat like I, right now I'm I'm playing Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. I actually can't beat Superman. Yeah, like he's kicking my ass every time. Right. I, I mean I don't, I don't know what to do about that, and it's it's hard to like invest myself and go in and click through every damn thing and 
Like, I want to just be able to actually have all the buttons at my disposal, you know, look yeah, at my power exactly. moves, look at my uh, combo moves and go, okay, cool, I've got this. And, like, get better at it, like, using hand-eye coordination. But instead, I'm just swiping yeah. like a madman. And if my phone doesn't catch up in time, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't win. <laughs> I'm just going to end up like, watching sounds... the, the story form of this on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Calling it a day. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, we're old men. <laughs> we don't like things. I, I just, it's hard to do it on a phone. I, 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 I mean, know. I've got a decent sized screen, too. It's not. Yeah, I know. I know, man. I mean, it's okay. My, like, my, it's my okay. phone screen is like four Game Boys. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's solid. Just, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have one more, uh, piece of fan feedback. And it was from Al Granite on Twitter. He says, on Flash, do you think that in order to break the Savitar time loop, that Barry will sacrifice himself to trap Savitar and break the time loop by making Time Remnant Barry the new Flash? It also could explain why Barry, in Barry's message to Rip that he says not to trust him and not Time Remnant Barry. That, I hadn't considered that. It could hold up. It could hold up. I I don't think that will be the thing because i'm not sure that much like the original timelines team flash i don't think the viewers could truly accept a time remnant barry well the the, it was a fun theory. the biggest obstacle with the time remnant barry and they did the time loop thing so it, it's supposed to make sense in like sci-fi world but the mm-hmm. the biggest obstacle is still that like the rest of the team objected a version of barry mm-hmm. like objected to a version of barry um because yeah, that that was your problem with it. Was like I just don't think there's. I don't believe they would a version They're of Barry nice. Allen where they wouldn't be like, "Hey, buddy, come on in. We got a guest yeah. room." And I, I, no, I still think that's a little a bit thing, the case. If they do a thing where it would be like you know he, they make the time remnant and then like he's an active like character, and we see like how maybe he was kind of messed up to begin with. And how he made choices that made them drift away from him and reject him. That could be interesting. But overall, I'd kind of rather the Savitar story just be done. I think the Savitar story is pretty much going to be done. <laughs> I think I think they're they're going to cut out of that one. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to go with the, the Way of Arrow next season. Tell a more personalized story. Get, yeah, probably. A little less sci-fi. Oh, by the way, uh, the thing uh, Scott McClellan pointed out. Oh, yeah. Should have gone with Arrow, but sorry. Sure. Um, apparently, Black Siren's version of Lance also died. Yes. I had forgotten that. Yeah, I um, we we uh, I talked to him a little bit, and we both didn't remember what episode it was from. We're, we're suspecting the Black Siren, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, where else would you do that? Yeah, that seems like the place it would be. But um, he he uh, he did remember it being pointed out that like Lance had died in her universe, so uh, or her Earth or whatever. So her connection to him is apparently a little more relevant than we give it credit. Mm-hmm. Okay, which makes sense. I just didn't remember any damn connection. Yeah, hey, I'd forgotten that completely. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. We failed you. We have failed this podcast every time. <laughs> 
when someone else steps up. So help me, we will point it out. So yeah, we are DC on screen. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Let's do it. Uh, you can find every episode at dconscreen.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DC on screen. Just type in DC on screen. One word, you should be able to find us. We're not hiding. Um, we're proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network. GiantSizeTeamUp.com Lots of cool shows over there. MCU cast. That's the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, in case you don't know. That's Breaking the Panel. That's um, Booze and Phasers. A lot of shows over there. Good stuff. Blazing Defender Report. A whole bunch of stuff over there. Pokemon Go. <laughs> anyway. I don't know if that's as popular as it once was, but I'm sure it's... Uh, well, oh, I say yeah, that, I'm but sure like it's... I was... Uh, at the comedy festival this weekend, I, I saw at least three people checking for Pokemon. Oh well, yeah, now well, importantly, Pokemon is just it's like winnowed down to its niche, you know. It yeah, it was kind of a sensation for a minute, but now it's um, yeah, but it's it, it's still a real thing. I mean, sure, they haven't stopped updating it. Looked over a few so, shoulders this weekend and and saw a few people just wondering. Sure. Hey, has anyone checked this room? Hey, Bethany still does. She still plays. Does she? Yeah, we both started at the same time, and I just I got bored with it. But she still plays it, so I I did it once, and it was like, oh, there's one in the kitchen. I don't know what to do with that, and then I uh, I I deleted the game. <laughs> it didn't last yeah, long. There's a there's a there's an Evie in the kitchen. So delete. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was much more interested. I got interested in the the idea that like people are using your camera to superimpose things. So more importantly, I found um, an app that I think is still being developed that turns your your house into a haunted house. Ooh. So if you turn off all the oh. lights, um, it will like create visuals for your house. Uh huh. Um, that sounded way more fun. Oh, hey, you know, I, I follow... Like, blood dripping down the walls and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, like, things running through a hallway and stuff. Yeah. Augmented reality is where it's going. Like, um, Zuckerberg put out a video demonstrating a feature that's in, like, I think it's in beta right now, but it's going to be coming to Facebook Live, I think, where you can uh, augment reality... In your house, like you can like, be doing Facebook Live and have like your logo integrated in part into part of your like surroundings and stuff. Like, or you could have you know like little virtual. I shall live in a PowerPoint presentation. It, well, kind of. Hopefully, more artistic than that, but yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. Well, it seems to be where it's going, but I'll tell you where we're going away because um, <laughs> it's the end of the episode and. N- nary a bat wiener more we shall have yeah um so until next time guys we'll be talking about this most of the season finales and a cup in episode of gotham and lucifer uh keep some dc on your screen 